Welcome to Eterna. Keep your dice rolling, your friends close, your monsters closer, and don't let the old gods bite. This podcast is an Eldritch Dream Games production. A dark fantasy Pathfinder game laced deep with cosmic horror. I would like to thank the patrons that make this possible. Brian Bridges, Donald Bewley, Eric S. Pat, Robin Mims, Tim Demuse, Thomas Wayne Haley, Undead Fish, and Wesley Sullivan. Stay tuned after our tale to hear what these glorious people have in the works. But for now, let us listen. So last time on Dungeon Ball Z, uh, everybody had some fucking dreams and shit, and not all of them were, you know, all roasty toasty, uh, make you feel real good. In fact, pretty much none of them were. Uh, but we're going, uh, we finished up all everybody's dreams, and so people are going to be waking up, and we are going to go in the order of which people have woken up. Uh, wake me up. Um, can't wake up. <laughs> thanks, guys. <laughs> um, and, and so I believe that would be our Mr. Four Hours of Meditation Leaf picking up first after having whether it was just a dream or whether you were truly in another timeline of existence with another Traxus, you do not know. But nonetheless, you are awake, and you have seen the desolation. What does Leaf do? Uh, I, I think, for starters, he, he, he just kind of wakes up and takes a deep breath, and then he's just gonna go look in on his companions and make sure that they're there. This isn't the first weird trance dream with foreboding omens in it, but um, you know this this one landed a little hard, so uh, he he just wants to make sure everybody's okay. All right, so you go and check in on them, and everyone is present. Um, well, uh, you can't find Shadow, of course; she's in her room. Uh, but within reason, the you find those you seek, and. Uh, I'd like I'd like you to give me a uh, perception. Oh, you betcha. Chapeau, that's a 15. So it would seem that both Brock and uh, Riley are somewhat restless in their sleep this evening. Uh, um, go ahead and make me a wisdom check as well. I can do that. It was done. Wow. So for for those listening, I rolled two natural twos in a row. So that's a total of five. That is a rough. Well, so you you don't you don't have this epiphany, but uh, you do see that your friends are resting restlessly. Okay. Um, then I I think he just kind of you know yanks some of the wrinkles out of his clothes as. Uh, since he's got a few hours to burn, he's he's just gonna get to, I guess, making breakfast or, or something. Just idle hands and all of that. He's he's trying to get busy uh, as soon as he can. You know, maybe start with a pot of tea and then work his way down. 
So you go about preparing for the morning so that whenever when everybody else wakes up, it's just straight into something to eat and something to drink. You would notice shortly uh, thereafter your own waking, freedom wandering about here and there throughout the keep, back and forth, in and out. And he seems to be speaking with what few members of uh, of the Black Butterflies flock of the uh, silent congregation that uh, are awake at this time and seeing... Oh, he, he's basically, he's hes the leader in the situation. So he's checking up with them and what's going on. Of course, they speak uh, with their hands and seem to do so quite quickly. Uh, but he is around. Uh, if you have nothing else in specific to do or do not wish to ask him anything, I will continue. Uh, nothing in particular to freedom now. Uh, then we will go with... Uh, I think Shadow as the person who is used to getting up extremely early, um, but has a normal-esque sleep schedule. Well, Shadow, waking up from the stream, the first thing she's going to do is look over and see if Wade's awake or asleep. He is asleep. Well, he's not going to be for long. She's basically going to shake him um, and tell him to get up and grab his hand. Uh, and What's going on? Do not ask the questions. And she's going to dismiss the room and just kind of like dragging him along. She's going to go find freedom and grab him with the other hand and take him back to the room. Okay. Um, Leaf, make me a perception. I hope you're ready for another two. I know I am. <laughs> oh, my, oh God. my God. Yeah. <laughs> Wait. Okay. No, try rolling again just for yucks. Okay, for for yucks. Okay. Uh, <laughs> what well, we have here is a physical anomaly. <laughs> so, uh, for those listening, uh, who who didn't pick up, he rolled another fucking two. <laughs> and then when we went to check, just to make sure that the program wasn't like being fucking weird or something, it rolled a sixteen. So, uh, so I mean, it, it's enough to notice that. Um, that Shadow has popped out in her nightgown, dragging this man in his PJs behind her to go grab another guy and be like, come on, and disappear again in a very frantic state. Uh, I mean, do you look like you're distressed or? Oh, she is extremely distressed. Oh, God, my cat's yelling. Sorry if that's coming in over the mic. Um, so I, I, I think he just kind of... Uh, like waggles a ladle or something uh, in your direction. Says, uh, Shadows, everything all right? Mr. Goldrush, you come too, okay? You could be another witness, and witnesses are good. Yes, come. Uh, I mean, he, he just kind of like plops it back in the, the pot, leaves everything on the fire, and uh, moves to follow. She will, she will grab him too. Everybody is going to her room. And you return into the small sanctum. Okay, Mr. Golders and Freedom, you stand uh, right here. And you are uh, the witnesses to what is happening, yes? What? Um. Okay. So, she's going... <laughs> we're, we're just like, what is going on? 
<laughs> she's gonna grab Boyd's hand again and drag him over to the shrine and just like dropping down to her knees. She's gonna like try to put his hand on the base of the shrine. Uh, he he looks confused, but doesn't particularly resist. Okay, now Boyd, this is important, okay? Obviously. Okay, so you have choice, you can say no. But this is what I ask. You have to swear an oath um, to Our Lady that the next question I ask you, you will answer and it will be all the truth. Nothing left out, nothing hidden. And if you lie or refuse to answer, then she can punish you. He would, he would seem to think for a moment and he would take his hand off the altar and he, he would he, he would think for a moment that is probably going to have to depend on the question I will not ask about the things that uh, that people are not allowed to talk about so if uh, you are a dead person I am not asking that question oaths of honesty are normally taken before the questions are asked of course but at the same time there are things that I can never speak to another living person or dead for that matter then I suppose no answer is better than a lie if it is the case that our lady says you cannot tell then you just tell me that okay very well then I swear this and he, he puts his hand back on the altar then this is the question I need you to tell everybody here whether Ezra still exists or whether he is just the mask that you wear. The simple answer is both. It is not a really the simple answer that we've been needing. A, uh, let us say an accusation has been made that uh, you are incapable of having any truth inside of you because the void is empty and Ezra does not exist. Uh, both of you make me a sense motive. Okay, get ready for my favorite even number. Okay, that's a 20. It's just a, what I've been rolling with an extra zero tacked on the end. <laughs> I got a 26. All right. So the both of you would notice that... Uh, uh, as as you're levying this claim at him, there seems to be some, like, uh, moment where he's like, ah, I see. Oh, that's per- that's like precisely the reason she worded it the way she did. And uh, yes. the truth is that Ezra does exist still and does stay within. But the mask of Ezra is also... Ezra, but there is a degree of separation. Is it not so with all of us, though? More so than all of us, but not so much as I believe uh, may have been implied. Okay. And in the interest of sharing something that I can, even if it is not necessarily something I can explain, it is meant to be this way. We cannot be another way between us, Truth and I. I am aware of the uh, contradictions 
did exist. But uh, things have gotten to the point where it is not a standoff between uh, contradictions of theology, but a standoff over who deserves to get to speak to me. And uh, I I am tired of it, and I, I, I want everything in the open, and I want an input to it. I, I will not let uh, other people make these decisions anymore. So everybody is going to face this truth and they are going to have to learn to accept it. Yes, everybody but one. Why do you say that? Because you cannot bring somebody from truth to truth. If he knows that you have spoken the truth, which he will know because the back butterfly does not punish you for speaking what you spoke, then he will have to accept that it is the truth that you spoke. Yet unerringly, he will never within himself be able to trust me. He does not have to trust you. I do not ask him to trust you. I ask him to accept the truth for what it is. He can trust who he wants to trust. Right now, he says he trusts me, but I am not sure that this is true. He has been withholding important information from me my entire life, and I have been put on a path that uh, I could not really choose for myself because I did not know about it. And I am tired of other people just, just deciding things for me. It is done. Then it's done. And he will not he will not call freedom a liar if freedom tells him that this is what he saw. It's not freedom that would be considered the liar. Well, he cannot consider you a liar when you have made the vow. Regardless of your ability, you have the ability to say lies. Yes, you have this gift, but uh, that does not uh, make you immune to an old. Something tells me he will find a way to not believe it. Well, he will find a way to do whatever he wants. That is not important. The important thing, it is done. It has been said. The freedom rose and can tell him. And now I can go about getting ready to get out of here because I have to leave. And why are we leaving? Well, you do not have to leave. I have to leave. Uh, Truth is on his way here. I cannot be in this place when he arrives. And he is not very far away. Uh, Um... So Void would look over at Freedom uh, with a quizzical look on his face, who also looks um, uh, a little confused, and he just shakes his head. And uh, so Void will say, I think perhaps there's a little bit of time before he will arrive. Maybe. I did not know the first time. I just know he told me. I told him of this place, and he told me, Nisa, you go. I am on my way. You cannot be there when I arrive. You must leave. So I must leave. Silence would send the knowledge that he was arriving as you are supposed to be separate. So he is going to come. He is going to fix the demon door thingy, Bob, whatever that is. And in the meantime, I am going to leave. I am going to take Ekrin. We have to go to the place... uh, the, the, on the sea cliffs, uh, the storm city, do you know it? Storm Bluff, yes. Yes, and then north of there, there is a portal and it goes to the shadow plane. 
And I swear I have to take uh, Ekron and we are going to go to the ritual site. And then when we get there, some of the uh, essence of the shadow of the land that we are from that I possess will be transferred to him and he will be made whole. It is all very simple. I don't think you should rush through your preparations, however. Take your time. You will leave with time to spare and should truth's approach be imminent we will be informed and let you know that fair i don't know i think i need to be gone today perhaps today but do not rush i did not say i was going to rush but i have to tell mr record that we are leaving so he has time to prepare and i have to meet with the, the guild because mr morhang he would not like it if i just disappeared and not say goodbye and stuff because he likes those kind of things, you know, the words and stuff. Is this truth coming to hurt you? No, he no. would never hurt me. But uh, we were giving, um, uh, I guess you say, orders by the Black Butterfly that on uh, this mission that I am on, he cannot, uh, he cannot be with me. Um, Maybe he can show up sometimes for a very short period of time if there is reason, but it has to be very important reason. Otherwise, we have to be separate. I see. And this is hard because we have never been separate before. Freedom would place a hand on your shoulder, Leaf, and uh, speak in Elvin. They are brother and sister. I mean, does Shadow... Or not, not, yeah, yeah, yeah. Does the shadow look like she understands what he said? No. She doesn't speak Elvin at all. She's used to him speaking it, but she doesn't understand it. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think Leaf takes a, a very uh, small offense to, to that, you know, specifically trying to exclude Shadow from the conversation, especially since she's, she's included, you know, Leaf from there in the first place. And uh, he, he, he just kind of gives Freedom a look and uh, he, he says, uh, I, I know very well the quarrels between siblings, uh, but it looks like this one's uh, of a peaceful one. It is. And uh, he, he looks at you kind of understandingly. But and he, I meant he says no it offense. in common, uh, by, by the way. Yeah, yeah it, he'll be responding in common. Uh, and, and I meant no offense simply wishing to share in the tongue of a brother. He just kind of kind of nods. Mr. Gotrash, you must understand that uh, the uh, men in my life, they sometimes think I am too fragile. And uh, I suppose they have cause, but uh, they do not like to remind me of the pain of separation. And they try to avoid such things. That's fair, I suppose. Although uh, I, I feel if uh, it's it's more your decision uh, where you draw the line at your own fragility. Well, they are going to have some things to get used to because I am tired of making decisions for me and choosing not to tell me things. Well, uh, as long as it's your choosing, I will support whatever decision you make. Uh, I can't say I, I quite understand everything that's going on, but uh, I'm, I'm here for you. 
Well, the, perhaps the, when I am not uh, busy with preparations, I can explain more to you. If, if you want to hear. Just kind of gives you a curt nod. Okay. Freedom will speak up. We are all meant to take the choices and paths that we set out for us. And I'm very sorry that these opportunities have not been given to you in the best of situations. And I will do what I can to help you on whichever path you think is best to move forward. Well, it uh, was just a bit upsetting to find out that. Uh, how to explain? You know, if you take somebody to a T in the world and you tell them they have to choose left or right, but you mm-hmm. do not tell them anything about where either world leads, they have no information, they have nothing to work from. So they really have no choice but to either trust you or not to. And I never had any reason not to trust. And then I come to find out that he has had information for a very long time that he just chose not to give me. He was guiding my path and he knew things that I did not. And I do not think that's quite fair and he will not be doing it anymore. Uh, he, he nods uh, and says, most of us receive visions prophecies I, it is with each of us to do with them what we will unfortunately this would seem to have affected you greatly do you think that it, I would have have chosen all of this for myself if I had known the truth I don't know the choices we make can be changed by the slightest of things that is true but I do not know this is not uh, what I would have envisioned for myself, but this is where I am now, and I will go forward and make the decisions that I think will bring me the most joy. Because up to this point, I have sacrificed everything. There is nothing left to give but my own life, and it has all been done on somebody else's say so. Freedom looks kind of. Not not hurt like he's taken like a, a personal offense, but he he does look a bit upset. But he he nods and and says, "Then whatever choices you make, that will make you happy. That is the path you should walk." Well, for right now, my choice is to just try to get this thing done so that I can go home and put my life in order. He nods. But I am thinking that maybe when it is all done, I will not spend so much time hitting away at the temple that I shall uh, spend more time out working with the people. Uh, He nods and says, if that is your way, then it shall be. But first we must save the world, okay? Which means I have to get out of here and Truth has to come fight demon. Yes. I'm not sure about while we're in here, but... I will receive word from silence when truth is soon to arrive. And I will let you know if he's on his way. Okay. Well, he told me last night that he will be on his way. So I just do not know precisely where he comes from. And how was this message received? By my we, dad? Had, we, we had, we got to talk to each other last night, uh, I think it has something to do with uh, the connection to the Shadow Realm because uh, 
it started as a dream, but then it was not a dream. And I was in the shadow and he was there. And we talked for a good while and I learned many things. But I told him about the door and he said that he would come take care of it, but that I must be gone from this place. I don't suppose we can much help you get ready from in here. Oh, yes, and uh, I suppose I should probably get the rest before to go see Ekron. Okay, so I will let you out of the room, okay? Certainly. Then she will let the witnesses be gone. So leave uh, you and Freedom reappear out in the material plane? Yeah, I I think... um... He doesn't really know what to say at this point, and so he's, he's just going to kind of keep his head down and uh, go back to making breakfast. Free- Freedom will give you a friendly pat on the shoulder as uh, as you separate, and he goes on about his business. I, I think Leaf would just give him like a polite little like nod and a smile, but he doesn't return the gesture. You would notice that he is, he is quite silver uh, when you inspect him closely. Yeah, all the more reason to retreat. <laughs> well, they do call him freedom. And I think Shadow, she's just very set on what she needs to do, so she just kind of looks at Woody and is like, well, don't stand, just stand there and get yourself to rest. You'll probably have turned to him to tell him to get dressed, and he'll already be getting dressed. And she's just going to get ready to, to go out and meet with Ekron. Alright. So I think during this time, uh, I think the more lawfully focused uh, in terms of schedule, Brock would perhaps have awoken before Riley. Riley's young and sleeps till the crack of noon. Uh, IMO. But... He may never wake up again, actually. <laughs> Hold on, I'm going to make a quick fort save. Um. Yeah, that's a five on the die for a nine. So I think he's going to be sleeping for a long time. <laughs> Remember, you were you were technically awoken not by not by um just the morning, but by weird <laughs> shit. Um, and a sudden horrible realization. Um, but Brock, uh, after your dream. Uh, you will you will find yourself waking. Uh, yeah, I think after his dream, he would kind of uh, wake up kind of startled and uh, very clearly worried. So uh, I think he would take a few moments to uh, to try and collect himself, maybe like a small meditation for a couple of minutes just to try and ride himself. And, you know, he's had a dream like this similarly in the past although I feel like this would have been a little more uh, realistic so uh, after he's gathered himself he would probably get up and start looking for uh, for the others alright uh, do go ahead and make me a wisdom check and a perception check these are two things I do not believe in <laughs> Just you said just a flat wisdom yeah <laughs> yeah it looks that looks great. It's okay. It, it, it makes sense, technically. So I okay. see you subscribe to the Leaf School of Seeing Things. <laughs> no, he sees just fine. He just doesn't... <laughs> he just doesn't think about things real hard. Um, 
so with your 28 perception uh, going around, you would easily find Riley sleeping. Uh, he doesn't look like he's sleeping real well. He actually looks quite uh, distressed currently. Uh, and you would smell from the Vardo Leafs wagon that uh, uh, something has been put on to cook. Uh, kind of smells like it might be burning, but there's no sign of Leaf uh, himself. I managed to burn a pot of tea. <laughs> and, and what do what do I yep. get with that wisdom check, Sean? Uh, nothing. Oh. It doesn't uh, even cross your mind. There's not a thought in the world about it. Uh, I'll, I'll go check on the Vardo. Uh, <laughs> as uh, as that will likely be relevant due to the fact that it is uh, something possibly burning inside. So I'll go check on that real quick. So so looking inside, it, it looks like he's uh, got a teapot on and uh, whatever is uh, within has, has begun to scorch and that that's the scent. It's not like on fire or anything. Uh, but the tea is likely ruined and smells somewhat burnt. Uh, then Brock will take the tea off, so that way, you know, nothing dangerous happens. But it is unlikely f- to leave such things unattended. Yeah, I think, uh, I think after he handles that, he is going to try and find signs of where Leaf is. Like, if it looks like he left in a hurry, or if he just wandered off, if he's in the area, things like that. Uh, given the situation, would Leaf have closed the door? Uh, I mean, I don't think he was trying to keep anybody out, so so no. Okay, so door is open, but you see no signs of him currently. Are there uh, are there any kind of tracks or anything that would maybe give me any kind of indication that he just kind of wandered off? Make a survival check to try and find his track. Come on, two. That's 12. Uh, 14 total. Uh, there are many footprints in the dirt here. Uh, and while, like, y- you can see what you would assume are his footprints kind of, like, just off the step, uh, they're quickly muddled um, in the mishmash of mud and, and dirt. So it, it's not easy to keep track of him. And you would just see... Uh, so Hadric would kind of be, like, poking up above the soil in front of you. Uh, of course, uh, with Earth Clyde, it doesn't disturb it at all. So it's just sort of like this this rock that kind of just pops up every once in a while and like dives back under and then pops back up as you're moving along. Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm going to assume that he's going to be unable to find Shadow either because she is in her little room. Correct. But uh, I, I think he's probably going to go wake up Riley. Because uh, the fact that Leaf isn't there is concerning to him. All right. So, Riley, uh, at the end of your dream with your horrible uh, realization, um, you jolt awake and it's uh, Brock above you. Uh, But go ahead and make me a will save. Oh, uh, those are one of the things that I'm subpar at. Awesome. Let's uh, do that. Uh, yeah, six. Okay, so you awake from this dream, this feeling of panic in your heart, and you see a dark figure looming over you, uh, and you swear that its eyes flash red and that it's holding 
uh, a sword in its hand. What do you do? Um, I'm trying to think of what's uh, more interesting between immediately reflexive, reflexively going for the disarm or pointing the tip of the rapier at the uh, supposed enemy's throat. And I think I'm going to go with the latter. Just as a quick reflex, waking up from the stream, Riley reaches for his blade and in a flash um, has the point of it, I guess, underneath um, Brock's chin or against his neck. I'd like you to make uh, initiative checks against each other. Yeah, that's fine. Oh, yeah. Brock's definitely going first here. <laughs> yeah. Back back to the leaf school of doing things. Nine total. Uh, my initiative mod is nine. So I win. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, the, definitely, especially since I was actually giving Brock a minus five for <laughs> not, not really... <laughs> Like, oh, is it about to fight? There was uh, no way I was going to win that then. Yeah. So, um, you, you shake, you shake Riley, and, uh, the moment his eyes open, he reaches for his weapon, uh, at, at the side and points it up towards you. Uh, Riley, give me another will save. Well, this is it for Brock. I'm sorry. It was Do fun, it. Man. Do it. <laughs> Let me go out like a man. <laughs> um, yeah, let's let's roll this out. Okay, it's, uh, that's a seventeen. That's a seventeen. Okay, so so you you blink a couple times, and this almost like waking nightmare kind of fades from your eyes, and a very confused and uh, whatever else he would like to add, Brock is kneeling over you uh, with your sword pointed at its throat. Uh, yeah, Riley takes a uh, deep breath and not as quickly as one would probably expect at this point of realization. He pulls his blade back. It's probably like he like pulls it back maybe like half a foot or a few inches at first slowly and then holds it there just for a second just as he continues to regain his senses before completely like making himself unthreatening by placing the blade in his lap, I guess. Um, and he just kind of like looks at Brock in confusion, in like silent confusion for maybe an uncomfortable amount of time. Uh, yeah, Brock at the, like as soon as the blade kind of goes to his throat, he would try and, you know, move away from it, obviously. And then for a second, he would kind of look at Riley in confusion as, uh, as this is a strange way to be greeted in the morning. But as as Riley retracts the blade, he would he would just kind of look down at him. And he'd be like, uh, "Riley, we uh, it's, it seems Leaf has disappeared." What? Why? I I don't know. I haven't. Uh, I just found his tea burning, and this is very unlike him. And I cannot find any presence of him in the area. Yeah, Riley uh, stands up, and he'll like um collect this stuff probably like toss on a shirt I guess <laughs> um, and he'll uh, shake his head and he says um, yeah that's that doesn't seem right have, have you tried calling for him uh, I don't suppose that I have no okay give me a moment to collect my things and I will help you see what happened to leave uh, 
Do was do was your sleep um unrestful? He just like awkwardly chuckles and then he just says yes, it wasn't great. Brock would just kind of give a nod and he would say, I uh I have had much the same tonight. I would like Riley to make a wisdom check. Come on, man. You got this. Roll uh, two. Roll uh, two. Oh, man, I want it so bad. Um, Okay, so I kind of rolled a two. I rolled a nat 20, motherfucker. That's a 21. Nice. All right. So you would remember back to your first time here in which a group of you had a sort of set of dreams that were beyond the norm. And while there have been dreams away from the Black Keep, um, they're always, like, they've all been certainly less intense and sometimes just straight-up nightmares and and stuff like that, not necessarily uh, things of import. Uh, with the exception of one for each Riley and Leaf, and both of those were external entities. So it might creep into your head and wonder if this place has something to do with those dreams. Yes. Um, and I think Riley will dwell on that as he, like, I don't know, like puts on his boots and just like collects himself um, quickly. Well, I don't think it would take long, uh, maybe the minute or two in which you. you like are essentially getting dressed and heading over to look for Leaf. Um, you would, as you approached the area with the cart where he was assumedly last at, the priest Freedom walks by you, uh, gives you both a po- polite nod and a wave. And as you crest the side of the cart, uh, Leaf is walking up. Riley just gestures um, for Brock at Leaf, kind of like here he is. Leaf, where, where have you been? I mean, I think as you address him, he's just like, oh, and he's like rushing towards the like burning smell. Uh, he says, had, had to step away for a minute. Conversation. Sorry. Your your tea burned. I smell that. Did you take it off the fire? Uh, I did, yes. Oh, thank you. Uh, I, I was trying to get some food prepared for when you woke. Uh, I, I checked on everyone when I got up and... Uh, a lot of you looked troubled to an extent, so I, I thought maybe having something uh, warm in your stomachs uh, would help. The lemon pepper quiche in the, in the <laughs> oven, that's a little overdone. Then uh, just douse it in more lemon pepper. That's the solution. <laughs> just lemon, add lemon pepper and lemon juice and pepper oil. And fix it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, is everything okay? Uh, you're giving me a bit of a look. Uh, I suppose our nights didn't go so restfully. My uh, my sleep was plagued with concerning dreams. Then I'm, I'm not the only one. Uh, can't be a coincidence, I don't think. Riley will just uh, steadily nod and say... Perhaps it has something to do with the location. If memory serves, we had quite the experience while sleeping here once before. Uh, If I may be so bold, I do think the context of those dreams was vastly different before as well, at least for myself. 
Perhaps. I'm certainly no expert in dreams and what could influence them. He he kind of like s- stops for a second and he he like looks down at his feet, takes a deep breath and uh, he says, um, I think there's more than one Taraxis. <laughs> more than one? What do you mean more than one? If if the the dream I had last night wasn't just a fever dream, uh, then I, I think I spoke with someone else's uh, bug pest. Trying not to say his name. He seems to show up if you say it too much. Riley just mouths the term bug pest. Like, huh, okay, sure, I guess we can do that. <laughs> Oh, also, also the fact that you just said his name like three seconds prior. <laughs> yeah, well, it's one of those things where if you say his name three times, then he has to show up. No, so no, no. just trying you to obviously misheard. He said Baraxis, hmm. which um, I think uh, g- give me perceptions, uh, everybody. Well, not Shadow. You're not here. No, let her roll you're anyways. It's fun. You're in a oh. room. <laughs> Guess a 28. 21. 27. So, all of you rolled very highly. And I think you would all notice just sort of like, you know how like when, when somebody's next to a, a counter or a wall that's like kind of up to their chest or maybe their chin, they kind of lean on it and just like balance their head on their hand? Yes, I have the visual now. It has been acquired. <laughs> Okay, so uh, so that but Taraxis on the outer wall, looking down at you. <laughs> uh, I believe it is already too late to avoid his presence. Uh, uh, apparently, once was enough, Leaf. Or he's been here all along. Perhaps you can ask him about uh, duplicates or multiples, since he's over yonder. <laughs> Um, I think the two higher perceptions, which would be Riley and Leaf, would notice that he he's not sporting his usual uh, overly large smile. He's rather deadpan at the moment. Uh, quite in the middle. Uh, facially speaking. Well, Taraxis, if you're going to observe, you may as well participate. Yeah, so you can offer him some burnt tea. I'm listening from a safe distance. <laughs> I I think he wants to avoid you, Leaf. I, I take it uh, you've been listening in then. Yes. Well, then you know uh, that I may have met one of your uh, brothers. There is only one of me. Well, uh, he, he may have stated it differently. The one that I met, and uh, what what city was it in that, that we saw him? Was that Storm Bluff? No, you were in, uh, you were in, shit, what did I name the town? It was, it was a ward in Celestia. It was like the super city country. Or not Celestia, Solaria. Shit. It was near Celestia. But it wasn't Stormbluff. Okay, that's that's fine. It's just, um, well, 
the one that I met last night uh, took me for a stroll in the ruins of one of the largest towns in Solaria. It was desolate wasteland. The seas were dry, no people to speak of. Is this a familiar image to you? I've seen it. So then you should know I'm not lying. I don't think you're lying, Leaf. I think you simply may be mistaken. No point in arguing semantics. <sighs> but needless to say, uh, the conversation was pleasant. Uh, this Taraxis maybe had less skin in the conversation uh, than you might. And uh, you've no threat from me, Taraxis. I, I think I've reached a, a level of understanding that can at least get us this far. Well, that's all well and good, but I don't trust the thing inside of you. Or rather, I trust it all too well to attack if I'm too close. You can always trust something to behave as per its nature. I, I understand that, and I can say uh, with quite a bit of conviction that I, I trust it about as much, or not at all. I, I think it's a, a risk, and I, I fear that I might be stuck with it. Sounds like a dangerous choice to make, Leaf. Yeah. If anything, I think that conversation really cemented the exact gravity of the situation that we're in. Getting a glimpse of what comes next. It's scary. Perhaps it's just one end. Everything comes next, Leaf. Good and bad. Then I, I hope to be the metaphorical finger on the scale. On the side of good. He just kind of nods. Which, with Taraxis, he usually prefers verbal, uh, or seems to prefer verbally uh, mincing. But he just kind of gives you a nod. So this uh, force for uh, order, uh, I, I now find I'm seeking its counterpart on the opposite end of the spectrum. <laughs> I, I take it you know what that means. Yeah. Uh, uh, with, with, a, with a light chuckle. Um, the tips of Taraxis's mouth uh, tip back upward. Yes, that I do. <laughs> I think before too long, I'll give you a little bit of a hint. But right now it's not going to help you and it might make you stray further. But there's a chance. There are ways that you could directly attempt to contact such a thing. But I'm afraid at your current form and power, you'd be ripped apart quite quickly. All of you. That's mighty benevolent of you. Uh, 
I don't imagine you'd uh, be aware of any containment measures for my current issue then. Temperate. Give it what it wants now and again. Within reason. It will keep it from consuming you. Perhaps if you can find somebody with enough power. I believe I've mentioned Whitlin before. He may be possible. And he like, his face kind of like points down to you, Riley, to whom he mentioned this before. Yes. There are others. Powerful mages like him. Any of them could help. Wood is another story. Well, then I suppose we'll have to uh, make sure we come bearing an offering. Uh, I, I trust it. Uh, everyone else's dreams w- weren't quite as grim. Brock would just kind of look down. And just, uh... Yeah, Riley just kind of shakes his head. Uh, I think at this point, uh, the few minutes needed to get dressed have passed. And uh, probably maybe like 15, 20 feet away down down the way, uh, Void and uh, Shadow would pop out if there's nothing else uh, Shadow wanted to do in the room prior. No, does she see the lot of them when she pops out? Uh, it would be an easy spot, yes. No, we're all invisible. <laughs> Mr. Marheim! Uh, Riley nods and will turn his attention to uh, Shadow as she approaches. Mr. Morheim, I need to speak to you. It is important. Do you have a moment? He glances over his shoulder at Leaf, Brock, and Taraxis, I guess, if he's still around lurking like Wilson behind a fence nearby. Oh my god, does she see Taraxis? Oh, she does not. Okay. But you do, Riley. Okay. And then he, um, with no outright objections, he will turn back towards her and nod. Well, you see, I have found out that uh, Truth is coming. Uh, he is going to be here, and so I need to leave this place today. And I knew you would be sorely hurt if I did not tell you up front and be able to say goodbye and stuff, and I did not want to hurt your feelings. Riley nods once again, and um, will say, and uh, remind me, where is your next destination? Do you know the city of the storms on the cliffs? Yes, I do. Storm Bluff. I have to go that way. There is a portal north of there that I must uh, take Ekron to. Wonderful. That's good news because that's the guild's next destination. And this will be a surprise to my companions, but we're also leaving today. Oh, that is good. I will feel much safer because there are some things on the road, Mr. Morhan. And I do not like them because they are much better at not being seen than I am and they have this this feeling about them that is is very scary and I will feel better knowing that you are there because you are a strong fighter yes it seems that the fellowship between the guild and the seven will continue for the time being you needn't worry this is good because I would try my best and I am pretty good but I I do not know that I stab things as well as you do He just gives kind of a half smile uh, and then another nod and says, well, uh, for this journey, you certainly have my blade. This is very good news. Leaf and my bow. Leaf. (laughs) 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 And my box. And my rocks. (laughs) (laughs) It will 
be fun to travel anyway. I promised Mr. Goldfarsh a story. So it would give me time to tell it. I'm sure Riley will turn his attention to Leaf and Brock and he will say, I'm, I trust that these accommodations uh, or these plans are appropriate. Fitting. You agree? Uh, I think the only thing it's missing is an explanation. Well, we always intended to go to Stormbluff. Uh, it just seems um, the suddenness of it. Did something come up? Um, yeah, uh, Riley will just kind of uh, give a deep sigh and he'll say, I suppose the necessity for expedience on our overall quest has been pressed upon me. And the more I think about it, the more I reluctantly wish to say that perhaps Adira was right when she confronted me many uh, days ago. What has happened that troubles you, Mr. Morham? I've been suffering from visions and sightings and hallucinations. Uh, At least I think that's what they are. It's made me realize that the forces we are going up against... Well, they're not entirely mortal. They're relentless. And if we seek victory, if we seek to keep the world intact, then we need to move. Mr. Marham, I want you to remember one thing, okay? These dreams, these visions, they whatever they are. Ah, their whole goal could be to undermine your confidence. And you do not need to let that happen. We are on a plane full of millions of people. And Caden, he chose you because he believes in you. And that says a lot for a god to believe in somebody. Well, that may certainly be true. I, I think for what our intents are at this point, after consideration over these many nights, um, reflecting on words that have been spoken to me, the consequences of actions, and the things that I personally seek, I currently find it fitting to ensure our victory in this god race, um, if only to prevent certain others from winning. That is fair. I am just saying. If you forget, I will remind you. If the gods can believe in you, you can believe in yourself. Well, we'll see which beliefs strike true at the end. Now, if that's all, he'll just kind of take a step back um, and open the floor for anyone. <laughs> uh, I know Leaf turns his eyes toward Brock. I don't know how much to say about the dreams, but I do feel that haste is uh, maybe something we should look for right now. As if these dreams are uh, to be taken any kind of seriously, mine is uh, is one that makes me wish to return home quickly. As if this is some kind of vision of the future, then it is one that I seek to prevent. Um, everybody make perception. I don't believe in those. Ooh, ooh, uh, nat 20 for a 30. Nice. Damn. Taking all of uh, Hats's good rolls tonight. A four <laughs> for an 18. 22. Wow, that's higher. That's also a 22. All right, so... I think everybody would Brock would notice uh, a little bit more movement around the front gate of the keep and the the gate itself uh, opening like uh, people are opening it. 
those who landed above a 20 will hear the telltale hooting and uh, a singular screech uh, from a very large owl. Riley, uh, with your particularly high one, you would also spot uh, Rousseau um, flying in uh, upon his owl and alighting on the outer wall and hopping off from Winifred, uh, patting her before sending her away. Oh, it sounds like Mr. Elman is back. Wonderful. He was the next person I meant to speak with anyway, so that's very coincidental. Uh, Brock, I assure you that expedience is uh, something that I strive for at this moment, and I think the plan was always to venture off towards your homeland after we finish in Stormbluff. So we'll see to it as quickly as possible. He gives kind of a nod of understanding. Good. And uh, with that, Riley will away. So I take it you're going to go speak with Rousseau? The owl, yes. Okay. Uh, oh, Winifred, well, you're going to have to run out the gate. It's going to take some catching up, man. Uh, uh, oh, damn. God. <laughs> well, uh, I, I bought uh, a character creation. I bought an owl call. Um, I never thought I'd get a chance to use it. <laughs> <laughs> but I take it you are actually going after Risa. Yes. Okay. Um, so uh, you approach that way, uh, heading for the stairs, of which he is also headed for to come down. And as the gates open, a cart begins coming through. Those of you who have not approached the stairway, uh, make me a perception check. In case you were wondering, <laughs> is it possible for Brock to do any worse? Yes, it is. <laughs> uh, 15. I only get a 16 this time. Leaf got an 18. Okay. So uh, I think you would all realize that this is likely um, the cart that they send out for supplies having returned, likely having been escorted by, uh, by Rousseau. And... I, I think Leaf would pick out that there's a person sitting on the back, uh, rather stout, probably a dwarf, enshrouded in a, a relatively new-looking uh, in terms of color, but slightly tattered, oiled cloak. So friends of Brock. Perhaps. Or it could just be a dwarf. Not every dwarf's Brock's friend. Mm, I don't know. No, Brock knows every dwarf in the world. See, that's what I was leaning oh, on. <laughs> yeah. There's every year we hold a dwarf con. Dwarf con? <laughs> yeah. Brock well, everyone shows up and, you know, like, hey, it's it's kind of like a chili contest, but with beer. Everyone brings a beer. Everyone tries <laughs> everyone else's beer. It's, <laughs> it's a whole thing. Sounds like a nice way to spread disease. You think dwarves can catch disease? What's wrong with you? <laughs> well, yeah, but it's highly dangerous dwarf diseases. So you have, uh, you're heading up to the stairs and Rousseau uh, on his way down. I think reasonably you'd probably meet at the base of the stairs. Ah, Riley, good to see you again. Sorry, I didn't mention I was leaving. Oh, it's fine. To be honest, I was so preoccupied that I hardly noticed your absence. Not offensively, of course, just my mind and body were elsewhere. Oh, well, it might take a little, but uh, all is well. Uh, you could say yes and no. Come, let's walk. Perhaps we can talk in private for a time. Uh, yeah, so allow me a moment. And he'll he'll go up 
to the cart and, and speak with the driver for a moment. Walk around the back and uh, speak with uh, the person on the back. Go ahead and give me a perception. 18. Uh, you you feel like you hear Brock's name mentioned, and at that, your attention is drawn a little bit more to the interaction with the dwarf, mm-hmm. uh, at which uh, he's hopped off the back and off to the side, and uh, Rousseau does like point in the general direction of the, the group standing about talking, and uh, the, the dwarf uh, says something back to him, like reaches up, shakes his hand, and, and kind of stubbly jogs off that direction. So, uh, back at the other group, um, y'all would notice that uh, Rousseau has approached this dwarf, pointed in y'all's general direction, and uh, that this dwarf is quickly approaching. Brock, uh, you would notice that this is actually a familiar face to you. Uh, Called it. And this is one of your cousins. His name is Biren. Uh, yeah, upon recognizing that, Brock is quickly going to approach, and in Dwarven, he will greet him. Biren, it has been a long time. What brings you here? It is, uh, we are out of the way. Why are you here? I, I wish I could say that it was good news, Brock, but it, it's not. Uh, with with everything that's gone on, the the creatures in the deep, there's. Uh, I should start at the beginning. Uh, do, do you have a place where we can talk? Uh, yeah, he'd, he'd kind of motion over to. I guess, I don't know, by the Vardo or whatever, where they talk normally. All right. Uh, as as they walk by, he would kind of stop for a second and just kind of motion to the group and introduce them and introduce him. And. To make sure everyone's acquainted real quick before they head off. Yes, it's it's good to meet you all. Uh, I'm I'm afraid I do have pressing matters with Brock. Um, anybody want to say anything in particular to him? Or that- nice to meet you. <laughs> <laughs> want some burnt tea? Wants. <laughs> oh, it's got some body to it. It's not some of that stinking elvish tea. Which it tastes uh, like would you, <laughs> would you like to snort this line of lemon pepper? <laughs> oh, I, I love snorting lemon pepper. I know More you seem kind of down. This might this might give you a little energy. A little pep in the nose. <laughs> oh. Get a little pep in your step. <laughs> Warning, Aterna does not endorse snorting lemon pepper. Do not do this. <laughs> I know we're for children, but children don't do it. (laughs) This is the educational Uh portion of the podcast. Do not snort lemon pepper. Thank you. Hey, hey, Sean, just if you were wondering, you know, about some new merch options, bags of lemon pepper. Not not for snorting. Obviously, we're not going to we're not going to endorse that. But, you know, once the customer buys it, they can do whatever they want. Yes, we could be the only podcast where a spice factory <laughs> endorses <laughs> us. <laughs> oh, jeez. For fuck's sake. This episode brought to you by McCormick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, buy more lemon pepper. Mm. Did you know the vast health benefits of lemon pepper? Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> Hold on. 
<clears throat> uh, okay. So he'll he'll sit down or, or stand wherever you uh, kind of pull him aside to. You're like, uh, cousin, I'm I'm afraid there's quite a bit of bad news. It it would seem, of course, that the surface has its share of troubles. Um, and from where I've from what I've heard, the the ring cracked, and there were great catastrophes here. But there have been effects deep below the earth as well, and bad bad things have happened, cousin. Our village, it's it's been taken over by the Durgar. It's they're protecting us from the monsters, but the two monsters, larger and more violent than any we've seen before, have crawled from the depths. And and, and I'm sorry to be the bearer of such bad news. I truly am. But there are some of us who escaped. Some of us who were able to get out and we're trying to take the village back and, and gather strong people for coin and gem from here on the surface to come take our home back and your father your, your father is not well it was not long ago that your grandfather died um, did his message receive or did you receive the message uh, he would give a nod and quickly pull out the uh, the ring or the headband that was given to him. It's good. Uh, it is a time of woe, cousin. I, I came to find you in, in hopes that you would, having braved the surface and and its dangers in these times, that perhaps you have grown stronger and could offer us a solid core to build around in this time his expression would get rather serious after hearing this what was the name of the the group were they called the, the watchers or something like that the Durgar? the keepers I think it was puts a hand on his cousin's shoulder and looks at him he says these Durgar. are they known as the keepers they hail from Murgal Thad uh, which would be a familiar name to you. It's a large Durgar settlement uh, from the far side of the cavern in which your undermountains lie. It, it, it's quite far away. Uh, then he would give kind of a nod. He would say, I had, I had hoped that the things that I had seen were visions of the future, not that of the present. I had I had a vision last night of, well, exactly what you were speaking of. I had hoped to somehow return home fast enough to prevent it, but it seems I am too late. He he, he casts his eyes down and he's just like, sorry, cousin. After a moment of thinking, he asks, uh, how many people have you gathered to retake our home? When I left, there were 50 of us. There others that had escaped both the clutches of the Durgar and the Drow and a few well-meaning but poor of mind uh, from the Deep which uh, the Deep is um, a subterranean layer from below even where you live and there are 
fewer like drow and Durgar down there because it's so vast and uh and and chaotic that it's hard to live in large societies down there without getting obliterated by something that goes hmm there's a lot of food there it's a uh, it's the under underdark yeah it's the under underdark but not the under 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 underdark or the underest dark he will ask uh and who is leading this group right now we're and that's part of the problem no one can decide that's a reason why I came out here to try and find you. You have a legitimate claim of leadership in our community, and we are by far the most of this group, but we can't seem to remain organized enough. Our first attack against the Duragar, they did it did not go well. We lost several people, and some to battle itself and others to the Durgar's enslavement. Brock will just kind of give a solemn nod and uh, after a moment he'll just kind of look him in the eye put a hand on his shoulder and he said do not worry. I will ensure that we take it back. Thank you cousin. Should we leave soon? You have allies? I do but they have a very important mission that they must complete. I, uh, I need to speak with them. Let them know of what has happened. Of course. I have very little to carry with me. Um, and I can aid you in any way you need me to. Uh, he'll give him a nod. And he's, he'll, uh, he'll say, um, just make yourself comfortable for the time being. As soon as I, uh, I have talked this over with my friends, we will, uh, we will see about the quickest way of getting home. And he'll kind of give him... Uh, I feel like dwarves don't hug, but I, I guess he'll give him like a hug and then uh, head over to uh, to the group. They have strong hugs. Very, very strong, grippy hugs. In in that time, did Leaf and Shadow do anything in particular? Leo's a standing about. Shadow would be going to find Akron. She's all about getting ready to go, so she needs him to get ready to go. Okay. Uh, Leaf? Leaf, I guess, is uh, packing up the Vardo and trying to rapidly finish up the non-burnt portions of the food that he's prepping. All right. And so, Riley, you went to go speak with Rousseau. Yes. that That is the thing that Riley is doing. <laughs> Yeah, so if we uh, get a nice, quiet place to talk, Riley will say it's a bit short notice, I admit, but the guild and Shadow, myself, and I'm assuming some of Shadow's allies will be leaving shortly, today, preferably. Well, that certainly is short notice now, isn't it? Yes, it seems that many of us were plagued by somewhat insightful dreams if not also terrifying dreams last night and for me at least it has stirred me into quicker action regarding the things that I must do for the world alright and from our previous talks I understand that that's quite important very much so uh, if not only for saving everything that is but also in terms of protecting it from dominion over 
things and entities that no one would probably prefer to rule this realm. It's certainly a certainly a good cause. And you leave out today. You still headed to Stormbluff. Yes, that is our plan. Shadow has business there, and we have to tie up a few things there as well. well the roads are dangerous. I suppose you'll be needing a scout. Shadow is an effective scout. I, I've seen it for myself. Um, though there is something I do need to bring up before I forget. Russo, my dream last night, I spoke with Quiet for a short period of time. It seems like the wrong set of words, but... <laughs> All right, let's hear it. Uh, beyond pressing upon me to quicken the pace as it would be, uh, she also asked me to find her. And I do believe that you're the only means I really have of accomplishing that. I do know where she might be found. And I've been needing to make a trip back home anyway. So Stormbluff. Stormbluff it is. Well, it seems that you've done just a fine job of talking your way into that scouting position after all, Russo. It is hard to beat a pair of eyes in the sky. That it is. Or the companionship of a giant owl. Indeed. Winifred's a good girl. She's been with me for quite some time. Good. Uh, I admit it does please me a fair bit that this meeting isn't our last, that we'll have some time left together to talk more. Indeed. You said with some haste, I have some business to attend to with the people here and those of your shadows alliance that I might uh, still have to take care of. So unless you need something of me now, I'll be off to quicken that along. No, we should have plenty of time to talk in the future. For now, I, I would prefer you to settle up your affairs here and make sure that everything's in good order for you to leave this place for a time. Very well, and we shall speak shortly. I'll kind of just give you a quick, solid pat on the shoulder and head off. Good. Yeah, and then Riley will, uh, I guess, return to his companions. Uh, and I think with uh, Brock seeking you all out too, um, between your shadow trying to get Ekron packed up, and uh, okay, did you want to have a conversation with Ekron? Because he's not going to be like, yeah, no, I, I don't want to leave. <laughs> no, uh, I don't see any reason she has anything more to say to him than, you know, time time to get going. All right. So, and he's he's pretty amicable. He's like, well, that's short notice, but okay. Um, he, he will be packing up his things. He is, of course, um, a man that's a little bit uh, more beat up for his age. Uh, so he's not going super quickly unless you help him. I think she would probably have like one of her little alkalites assist him. All right. That's fair. And are you going to go more for? She would ask Wynn to do it. Wynn. Okay. So uh, Window will aid him and uh, Brock will come find the lot of you, bring you all together for, for something. For a big old jamboree. Is it a bounce house? I would I would suggest keeping window away from Brock. <laughs> <laughs> Not window, Winda. And like Sean, he's the one that came up with the just name. Just because you're from the south doesn't make it not the same thing. <laughs> it's a window. <laughs> 
Our puns have reached new heights from which to fall and crush upon even deeper lows. It's your fault. You named them. Fine. (laughs) (laughs) Good job, Sean. But, uh, yeah, after Brock had gathered everyone together, uh, it would be pretty easy to notice that he's a lot more serious than he typically is, which is strange because I feel like he's typically, you know, a good amount of serious. Stone-faced, yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That rocky demeanor. Uh, and he would kind of look up at you all, and he would say, friends, I uh, I have grave news, and um, I feel this may be the end of my time traveling with you. <laughs> Brock, you're dying? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> he just falls over. <laughs> oh, no, he was the best rock I've ever had. <laughs> yes. Sorry. Does this have anything to do with your dream? Uh, he gives just a slight nod and he says, it, unfortunately, it does. It seems that my dream was more real than I had hoped. I had hoped that, as Riley had mentioned, it was more of a of what could come instead of what had already occurred. But I feel that my dream was less of a dream and more my power reaching back home to warn me of what was happening. And what is it that tears you away, Brock? My home has been invaded. My father is seemingly on his deathbed, and without him to protect the village, the Duragar have have taken it. My cousin has come here. He would kind of motion over to his cousin, who's probably sitting a few feet away or so. He would say he's come to have me lead what will be the group who he hopes will be able to retake our home. I mean, Brock, to be honest, it's from my understanding... It's kind of along the way. If you tell us where to go, we can certainly help you with this after Stormbluff. Your dream makes it clear that you don't have the time to waste on my personal matters. And as much as I would love your help, I I need to head there now. I don't I can't let my people suffer under the Duragar. I wasn't suggesting that you come with us to Stormbluff. Only that's on our journeys um, to the lands and locations that at least Leaf and I need to go, um, considering it might take us near your homelands, that we stop by for assistance. Uh, he'll tell him that basically like the way to go. He would say, I hope that I have solved the problem by that time. But if you do find yourself in the area, then yes, your your help will be uh, would be much appreciated. As I do not know if I am ready to do this on my own. From my understanding, your homeland might be tied to the idol in which you should seek. So it all kind of runs together in the long run anyways. And for your companionship, I feel like it would be a privilege to assist you with this. Uh, he gives he gives a nod. And he, he says, uh, if I manage to reclaim my homeland, then... I will immediately begin looking for this idol so that if it is in my home, uh, I'm not going to forfeit my mission. I do fully intend to continue to search and I will find some way to 
get it to you if you are unable to well, to find yourself there. Riley will nod and say, then during our travels, should you need our assistance, we will offer it willingly. Though, if it seems like the situation is under control, I, at this point, would hope that you would understand um, us moving on to seek our own ends. Uh, he, he would he would nod at that and he would say, I would not fault you. The, the world is much more important than my home, but I have an obligation to them. I cannot yes. simply turn my back on my people. And I would certainly not ask you to do so. And if your father's on his deathbed, you should be with him for as much time as you can. Brock. Uh, real quick, Sean. Yeah. So with the, with the mana stuff, right? I got that there, elemental such and such. Would it be possible for basically Brock to create like a stone that he could more or less use to keep track of them? So that way, like, he would know where they were at. So that way, if he needed to either send them his idol once he gets there, if he's able to find it or like information or help or anything, he could be like, oh, that's where they are. Sure. If you want to expend an earth mana or an elemental mana, um, I'll let you create a stone that you can, regardless of its distance, you can always uh, sense with your tremor sense. Okay. Yeah. Uh, in that case, yeah. That's kind of what I was going for. In that case, he'll he'll kind of focus for a moment and uh, kind of form his hands into like this tiny ball. And, uh, you know, you'd see like kind of him, a similar essence to what his ability typically looks like, except when he, uh, when he opens his hands, there'd just be like this perfectly round sphere that he would hold out to Riley. And he would say, um, I have infused part of my earth into this. And uh, hopefully it will allow me to know where you are at all times so that if I do come across my idol or any information that will help you, I have a way to, to find you. Yeah, Riley holds out his hands and he will uh, accept the uh, mystical trinket. <laughs> um, and he'll say, well, we'll have to work on fashioning something so that I could perhaps wear it. So, it's less, so I'm less likely to lose it. Uh, he would not even say, uh, please do not. That will uh, make finding you much harder. He'll uh, stuff it into his uh, pocket with some of his other important belongings, um, which I guess includes the... Uh, he can wrap it up in his uh, fancy handkerchief that I think Leaf gave it to him, if I remember my eternal lore he correctly. Did. Yeah, bundle that shit right up. And if I remember correctly, it gives you like a plus three on diplomacy checks to figure out information about uh, Victoria. <laughs> yes. Like where That'll she might be. Pay off in the long run, probably. <laughs> Perhaps. 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 A anything else anybody want to say? Yeah. Um, Riley will like he thinks about it for a moment and um, then oh, he'll say, I'm sorry, I'm trying to think of something of mine to give to you for your journey. If it's only a symbolic thing to carry on your person to remind yourself of our time together and the guild. I mean, outside of the cloak that I believe you wear. <laughs> and uh, he will reach into his uh, belongings. And I think that Riley is going to, since Brock is going to go off to lead his people, the most 
royal noble thing that Riley carries on his person is a weaved wreath queen crown. <laughs> um, so he's going to... Uh, I, I think you... Did I give it to the Nixie? Because I'm pretty sure she didn't take it. Did I give it to the Nixie? Got it. I should have erased that from my inventory. Okay. Uh, so yeah, Riley leaves, uh, reaches into his backpack, pauses for a moment. It's like, no, I gave that away. Why do I keep giving <laughs> things away? That's unfortunate. Um, oh, I know what I'm going to give Brock. Oh, no. I don't like the way he said that. Yeah, I know. I shouldn't, but I'm going to. I don't even know if it's going to be useful to you <laughs> when you go do Brock stuff. But uh, Riley's going to pull out the binoculars from his backpack and say, I honestly don't know if dark vision works with these. Perhaps you'd want to test it out before you run off with them. But from my understanding, these are very expensive um, and one of my prized possessions. But perhaps it'll help you look over your people. <laughs> May you use them to look through windows instead of going through them. <laughs> Is handed pair of binoculars use these to look through windows? <laughs> and Brock will take them and kind of look at them and uh, he'll nod and he'll say I, I do not know if these will aid my vision in the dark either but either way I uh, I will treasure them as as a memory of well you and he'll kind of hold out his hand like for a handshake and he'll say it has been a, an honor following your lead up to this point. Well, it's been my honor to travel with you. And Riley will uh, go in for a uh, manly handshake. Yeah, and as handshake. they're shaking hands, he's just going to kind of whisper. Um, not so, not, he's not really trying to be secretive. He's sure other people can hear him. But he's going to say, I valued your opinion in this group greatly, Brock. Know that you had the highest vote counts of the guilds. <laughs> Um, by at least two times. <laughs> <laughs> and then he like leans in a little bit more and says, also know that I never gave myself any votes in the guild. And at the one or two times where it came time to tally votes, uh, your opinion mattered greatly. You were leading long before you go off to lead your people. He'll pause for a moment, look at him and say, thank you. I still do not think that I am ready, but... Many people must do things before they are fully ready themselves. And thank you for having the confidence that I can do this. Of course. And I know you'll prove me right. He'll give kind of a nod. He'll turn to, uh, to Leaf and he will say, I will, once, once my people are free, I will make sure that they are aware of the, uh, the perfections of cooking with lemon pepper. <laughs> Well, I, I hope to hear about it in person. Come back to us. He gives kind of a nod and he says, if if my father is able to recover, then that might be possible. But if he does not, then then I will have to stay. Then I ex expect an invitation to dinner. You will certainly be welcome anytime. You must simply show up and I, I will attempt to recreate, but I will probably not do anywhere near as good as... Uh, as your cooking has been on the road so far. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, he'll kind of look to Shadow and he'll, he'll say, uh, I know I haven't had a chance to learn much of, uh, of your goddess, but she is much in kinship with mine. And at some point in the future, I would 
love to have you come to my home so that my people can better understand both of our gods as uh well mr brock i have no issue visiting your home as soon as it is possible to do so but in the meantime i will give you something Evarian, come here he has greenish skin and his hair is purple he is some kind of nightwood elf and he is wearing armor he is a war priest this elven man comes over and, and it's like uh, yes i uh i charge you with the task okay you are to travel with mr brock and ensure that he reaches his homeland safety and to teach of him the ways of the black butterfly along the journey and I will come for you as soon as I can. Master Brock, I'll be following you then. He would kind of look at the two and just say, this is very unexpected. He is one of my alkalites, and he goes where my heart goes and I cannot. You, you know where I'm going is going to be very dangerous, though. I cannot yes. promise his safety. It is okay. We all take uh, our vows and we know, we know what uh, to expect. And one of his vows is to protect travelers, and you are about to go for a very long journey. Thank you. I I don't know what to say. This is um, he he will be very helpful both in ensuring my safety and hopefully uh, educating me. And it will be a happy time when we all meet again. I very much hope so. Do not worry. He is a very good priest. I've taught him well. Yes, he is a level two war priest that is tall even for his race with uh, a mid-toned skin with a greenish hue and eyes the color of night pine needles. He has very simple sensibilities and appreciates simple comforts. And he's nightborn, so he has dark vision. Then, uh, then I'm going to reach my hand up and probably jump a little bit to shake his <laughs> hand and <laughs> welcome him to... I guess my traveling group. Uh, he, 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 he does. He does. He does the appropriate way to to talk to short people. Thing. No. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> he, he, he crouches. To... <laughs> uh, he 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 reaches down and shakes your hand. Uh, then yeah, Brock would welcome him as a uh, as a traveling companion. Then. Uh, I'm probably going to put things along a little bit as everybody is getting ready. Brock, with your cousin and your new companion in tow, shortly ahead of the rest as they prepare to make their leave for Storm Bluff. Traveling light as you can, you instead head east toward Voidosa and your homeland. And we'll see you again when you play Gareth and are trying to kill Riley. Well... That might be uh, kind of hard. Like killing Riley, not playing Gareth. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> it, it may well indeed be it'd be difficult. But then again, I think it's going to be really fucking hard to kill Gareth, too. Nah, he's got like five health and he'll never come back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he, he doesn't just respawn because... Oh. Wow. He's angry. It's that easy? I'm going to have Nina kill him. I think that'll be great. That'll get her a level up. <laughs> uh, you know you know a real way to uh, to, make, to make Riley really mad? Just have him kill, kill Brock on the way home. 
Get a, oh, get a letter. Jesus get Christ. Letter. Killed your friend. Haha, <laughs> <laughs> Riley sucks. And so does his <laughs> dead friend, Brock. <laughs> Good night, sweet friend. <laughs> I'm not having Garrett fucking kill y'all. Yeah, and then we could be like, like the guild could be staying at an inn, and then Brock's dead body comes flying through the window. <laughs> His last uh, act, breaking a window. With like a post-it note on his forehead said, ha ha, killed your friend. This is, and this is all very funny, except for the point that Gareth doesn't know who you are. Yeah. Yes. You're going to show up. You took everything from me. I don't even know who you are. <laughs> it's it's a perfect setup. It is a perfect setup. Originally, I was I was like, he should just kill Brock. That'd be the easiest way to get him out of here. But then I was like, that would be absolutely terrifying. Brock has a hundred hit points. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would be really yeah, hard. To explain doesn't he have like negative a hundred hit points too? Uh, negative a hundred hit points. <laughs> where is it over here? It's. <laughs> He will stay conscious until he hits negative 48. Uh, he will not die fully until he hits negative 47. That's dumb. Wait, so he's conscious until he hits negative 48, but he doesn't die until he hits negative 47? I, I, I think it's another... <laughs> oh, 74. Wow, sorry. sorry. <laughs> okay. I, mis I misread that. 74. I'm conscious, but I'm dead. Just for one hit point. <laughs> All right, so break time, and we'll come back. Uh, Troy, if you want to dip, you can. Get some more sleep. Yeah, it's probably what I'm going to do. Or like Brock time. Uh, Brock time. Night, yeah. night. Good night, sweet rock prince. I will be sure to watch over my people with these fabulous binoculars. You better. Hi there. My name's Don. I'm a proud patron of this podcast you just listened to, and I'd like to take a moment to talk about some of the projects that I work on. When I'm not listening to Tracy, Sean, and the rest of the gang tell wonderful stories using the Pathfinder rules, I like to make podcasts of my own. I'm the GM in the Starfinder homebrew adventure Hexgrid Heroes. On the other side of the GM screen, I play Cory in Pokemon Seicho and Peleus in Ashes and Allomancy. I also like to sit around and talk with my friends about how horror movies can be used in a haunted house setting, and for that, check out Fountain of Fear. All of these podcasts can be found at hexgridheroes.com. Hey everyone, thank you for listening to this episode. I'm Brian. I run Action Forge, a tabletop RPG YouTube channel where we dive into all sorts of topics. If you want to learn more, head over there and check it out. Also, if you want updates on all my various projects and some awesome tabletop RPG memes, go ahead and check me out over at Twitter where I'm at ActionForge. G'day, this is Dick Horney, inviting you to explore the world of Dustress, a unique homebrew setting within an Elder's Dream Games universe. Come along as the Hive Queen leads a gambler. Cowboy motherfucker with six shooter. I ain't never moved cattle in my life. I am a gambler. A Native American. He, he doesn't have a lifetime of eating processed food, so he probably is actually quite regular. And a Detroit teenager. Okay, so we're rolling into elves, aliens, and troll dolls. Through discovery of new magical abilities, struggle with the reality of unknown gods, and maybe learn a little bit about themselves along the way. 
Visit Eldritch Dream and Duster's Podcast on Twitter for details. They took to the stars and became stars. So it says here you're from another galaxy? Yeah, Milky Way. I don't think I'm ever going to get used to seeing that. A band that influenced entire galaxies. Sector 8, let's make some... Until their inevitable downfall. Fuck you, and fuck you too, Switzerland. Thanks for having my fucking back. Now, 20 years later, they find themselves unpleasantly reunited. James, what are you doing here? We're an entire motherfucking galaxy, and you show up on this place. In a place where things are not what they expected. One of our staff members just happened to go missing this morning, and uh, I kind of had... Travis? I understand. Why the uh, fuck do you have a guitar? <laughs> LCP D&D presents Odyssey, a musical actual play adventure set in space using the Savage World system. Listen in by searching for LCP D&D on your favorite podcast platform or find us at lcpdnd.com. You can also join us in the Hive, that's our Discord, in the episode description. You can also find links to our key public, where we have tons of designs for various types of merch. Hit us up on Twitter or Discord, and we'd love to hear from everyone and enjoy making new friends.